Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of What I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome my guest, Jeff Key. Hey Jeff, how are you? Hey Blair, good to finally meet you. I know, it's been like um, interesting couple of weeks for me. Um, thank you so much for your patience, you guys. So like Jeff and I, we've been talking back and forth. <laughs> and we've rescheduled. I've re- he rescheduled because he had a prior engagement. I rescheduled because I just copped out. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, I got really sick, and then he was so gracious to change our scheduling again. So thank you again, Jeff, for meeting me tonight. Oh, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so when I tell you guys uh, what Jeff's job is, um, some of you are going to be like, "Wow, that's no." A lot of you, a lot of you are going to be like, "Wow, that's amazing and really cool," but. Also, you'll uh, tonight is Game Six of the NBA Finals, and you'll understand why this is important and why Jeff's time is so valuable tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Jeff, I'll just get right to it. Um, what is it that you do? Yeah, I appreciate it, Blair. So, what I do is um, I actually work for the NBA G League. And so for the people that don't know, the NBA G League is basically the minor league or the developmental league of the NBA. So, you know, basically all the rookies, especially basically all the second round picks, um, all the players who were undrafted, all the players who were basically on the cusp of the NBA play in the G League. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of guys who played in the NBA and are trying to get back to the league also play in the G League. So, you know, I work in the G League. I I work um, in digital media for the G league. And so basically I got that job in November. So I've been working for the G for about, you know, maybe six or seven, eight months or so. Uh-huh. Um, I got that, that job in November because over the last two years prior to that, I started this Instagram page. And I really just started it for fun. You know, I started because I've been following the G league and kind of been obsessed with it since like 2015 and then COVID hit in 2020, you know, everyone's sitting at home with nothing to do. And, um, you know, during that time, I was like, I'm being totally unproductive. Uh, I'm just kind of like sitting on my butt, you know, waiting for time to pass. And so I ended up creating this G- this Instagram page called G League TV, right, which it showcases all the players who are in the G League. And, you know, the G League is not mainstream. Um, these guys are, you know, in and out of the NBA. A lot of them don't really have that much of a name. If you click on their social medias, a lot of them probably have like, 10,000 or less followers. There are some big names for sure, but Mm -hmm. you know, most of these guys are not household names at all. So I created the page basically to give these guys exposure because a lot of them are just so talented. You know, there's over 400 players in the league and these guys are for the most part, NBA material, you know? Mm. And so they just never get seen on ESPN house of highlights or anything like that. And so I created the page and then I had just been over the last two years, like making G League videos in my spare time. And then eventually, you know, I got the attention of the G League and they brought me on in November. That is insane and so fascinating to me because first of all, I want to just like applaud you and your grit and your dedication to something. I appreciate that. Yeah, that, that you love. Like for me, that's what this podcast is all about is like find what you love and go after it. I mean, I don't know if you expected anything to happen. I feel like you just did it for the love of the game. But um, at the same time, like, you were giving a gift to a lot of these players, like you said. Like, to give them the exposure that they deserve. They're they're all, I'm sure, amazing players. And only a select few make it to the NBA. And so, like, even though they're all so great. So, I mean, that is amazing. So, before this, G League had no kind of digital content whatsoever. So they did, but the way that um, 
the G League page was run at the time, you know, uh-huh. I just thought, and now I work for the G League, right? So sometimes yeah. I got to watch what <laughs> I say a little bit. But uh, you know, at the time, I was like, you know, they didn't really, in my opinion, expose, they they focused on like the biggest names in the league. Sure. They highlight the biggest names in the league. Yeah. But there's all these guys in the G League averaging like 15 points a game, even like 17 points a game, whatever, that are not being featured, you know? And so there was this like second tier and third tier of players that, you know, even on the G League page itself, in my opinion, did not ever get seen. And so that's the reason why I created G League TV was to have these other guys who have a ton of game are on the cusp of the NBA, but you would not see them on any other digital or social platform. Wow, that's incredible. So, okay, so, okay, I have a lot of questions now. Um, you said G League is not mainstream. So how right. does one get exposure to G League? Like you yourself, like how did you watch these games? How did you know things? Yeah, that's a great question. So like, basically, it kind of just started when I was in high school. So in high school, I was when I started like my quote unquote basketball career because, um, you know, when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I interned for the minor league team in my area in Maryland. And so, you know, when you're 15 years old and you get to work with, you know, these are like minor league players. So they all played college ball. A lot of them played like overseas. Right. But these guys were, you know, a lot of them at the tail end of their careers. They were they were not touching the NBA. But when you're, you know, a, a teenager, you think that these guys are like gods. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started working in, in basketball in in high school. And then I went to UMBC, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. I worked for the basketball team uh, as an undergrad there. And, we're you know, we're a small division one team. And so, you know, working at these like small levels and, and at that time, I was also still working for a different minor league team. So working for a minor league team and also working for the UMBC team. And so I was exposed to like all these like lower, le- not lower level, but all these players that, you know, were on this grind of, you know, moving up, going overseas, potentially playing in the G League. Mm-hmm. Um, but these guys got no attention whatsoever. I always say, you know, being a ball player at UMBC, you're almost just like a regular student because our sports culture isn't very good. So these guys don't walk around like stars. You know, they just walk around like regular students almost. Whereas you go to the bigger school, these guys are, you know, are demigods in a way, sure, right? And yeah. so I've always been really like interested in the smaller player who mm-hmm. have really amazing stories, to tell you the truth. Um, and they're on this grind of like achieving their dreams, you know? And, and so since high school, I was like infatuated with these guys. And then in around 2015, I started going to G League games because G League games, especially back then in 2015, I mean, there was probably like 150, 200 people at these games. It was like going to a high school game, you know? Uh-huh. Um, the league wasn't as developed yet at, at the time. Um, tickets were like seven bucks and you could buy tickets and then you know, at the very top and then move down to the bottom because there was no security going to stop you. You know, there were just so few people there. Yeah. They didn't care where you sat and you could wait right by the locker room after the games and talk to the players. It was like an amazing experience, especially when you're young, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you love basketball. And so that's what kind of drove the love of the G League for me. And then year after year, it just kind of developed and I got more obsessed with it. And over time, I became more obsessed with the G League than the NBA itself. Okay, okay. So I, I, this is like a new world for me, and I'm not even going to pretend to know anything. Um, but I love all of this so much. Because for me too, like, okay, I don't know if you know this about me, but 
I grew up as a figure skater. And so like I um, and then like fast forward, I did my career and then I left the sport, but I came back working for television, like media for okay. ice skating. Um, but like I had this like kind of heart and passion, right, to like champion like these athletes through television, right? Like because it's like all this like 20 years of hard work and then like people watch it and it's only five minutes of their of their entire lives right, right and so right. yeah you just want to like um show people what what they've worked been working so hard for and I, I feel like you can resonate with that like with what we're saying um but all this to say I I find all of it so fascinating in your in your desire to be like hey like there are people that have worked their ass off <laughs> to be where they Absolutely. are Absolutely. and not being recognized for it um okay but back to me saying i'm ignorant about everything you're saying um, <laughs> um so like does g league happen in my city like in atlanta so you do have a g league team actually so okay. you have the college park skyhawks who okay. i don't know is, is college park near Nearby, no, it's like it's like Atlanta, Atlanta. I live in the suburbs. Oh, okay. But- <laughs> okay. The thing about the Skyhawks is that they're actually owned by Two Chains, the rapper. You know Two Chains? <gasps> yeah, yeah, I so know he, Two Chains. <laughs> yeah, he owns the team, and so he's at every single game. And actually, I was so hyped one day he randomly followed my G League page. Oh my gosh! And, you know, like I mean, it makes sense because he owns the G League team, right, you know, right. you know? and so it makes sense. But I was like, oh my god! Like Two Chains followed the page. You know what I mean? Like. um, as a guy who who listened, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of his, but I did listen to some of his music, and I I, I know a lot of his songs or whatever, right? I was so it was so cool when he followed or whatever. But you know, he's at every single game. Um, you know, he's extremely involved with the team and like the you know all the charitable stuff that they do. Um, I think he's even involved to some degree in like picking the players. I know that he was at tryouts this past year, but yeah, Two Chains owns a team, and not that there's been talks, but that you know Drake has always said that he wanted to own like an NBA team. Team. And then uh-huh. there's always like these rumors that, oh, what if Drake owns a G League team, right? Because it's significantly cheaper. I mean, you still got to be rich, right? You still got right, right, right. to own a G League team, but he owns like a G League team. So like people who, um, you know, are are like entertainers, like entertainers, they love basketball, right? They mm-hmm, love sports. Mm-hmm. You see them every once in a while at these games, too. So um, it's not like I said, it's not mainstream, but every year it is getting bigger to the point where, like, you know, you will see celebrities every once in a while at the games. You know, you will see see. NBA players at the games, too. Um, Still not mainstream, but getting bigger. I see. Okay, so like people that come to the G League, just sorry, just to clarify, are are players that are potentially like looking to go to the NBA? Yes, yes. Or have already been in the NBA. So a lot of times, you know, because a a roster is 15 players and, um, you know, not, you know, there will be five players on the court at a time. Right. So a lot of times the guys who are like 10 through 15 on a roster, Uh they're not getting any burn in the NBA. They're just warming the bench. So the team will have them play in the G League. Right. To stay fresh because they're on an NBA roster. So when they go down to the G League, 
they're automatically going to play 35 minutes a game. You know what I mean? So the players that you see on any given night are players on NBA contracts. Um, Even guys that have played like 10 years in the NBA who are looking for another shot, what they'll do is they'll go to the G League, play there, hopefully they'll ball out and they'll get another opportunity in the NBA. So it's like a mixture of like old guys who are looking for another shot and the young guys who are looking for their first shot. I see. Okay, so let's go back to your job because I could talk about the G League, I think, for a long time. Um, but, um, <laughs> as far as digital media goes, okay, so you got hired in November. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate so it. So amazing. <laughs> um, what does your job entail then? Yeah, so the job, so when I got hired in November, um, I moved up to New Jersey. So the the office that we worked out of is Secaucus, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And, um, and oh, so sorry, before like, you continue, I yeah. have to ask, like, how did they reach out to you? So basically, like, I had talked with this guy in the G League probably around like June or so, right? Uh-huh. And then and then in October, I got a random call or an email from this HR guy in the G League. Okay. And he was like, I got your information from this guy that you had talked to. But this was probably four months prior to that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was like, we do have an opening. We want to talk to you about it or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool, you know? And and so basically when I talked to him, I was expecting like, oh my God, like I'm gonna get like a full-time job or whatever yeah. with the G-League and stuff like that. And they said, you know, we have a contract and we need help for two and a half months, mm. right? So it was it was to start in November and then it was to end in like mid, mid-January, right? Okay. And I was like, dang, you know, Two and a half months, you know, like there's no guarantees or whatever. You know, it's basically just like it, the way I looked at it was it was like a tryout. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I have two and a half months to prove myself. So I said, you know what? No questions asked. I'll take it. Right. Yeah, two and a yeah. half months. I got to show you what I have. And so, you know, my whole time that I was there for this two and a half months in the beginning, um, I was like applying to other jobs, too, because I was like, dang, you know, I might be here two and a half months, work my absolute hardest and then it doesn't work out. And you know, they say, oh, we'll see you later kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But thankfully, you know, God willing, I was able to they after those two and a half months over, they offered me a year long contract. Right. So I'm here for the rest of the year. And then after this year, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Right. But for the time being, I have a little bit of safety where I'm not, you know, every day going in and being like, OK, if I don't do this, then I'm not coming back. Right. So yeah. like I do have a little bit of a little bit of breathing room, but the way that it works and, and not to blab, um, Babylon anymore, but uh, the way that it works in the NBA is like you're given these the what they're called project employee contracts. So all mm-hmm. the people who are starting in the NBA um, for the first time, they're on project employee contracts. Right. And so they basically they're like I said before, they're kind of like tryouts where you get this certain period of time to test yourself and that, you know, the, the job, they, they give you all these projects or whatever. And then at the end of it, um, they, you, you're allowed two project and play contracts. So my two and a half month one was my first, and this is my second. And after this, they have to decide whether they're going to keep me or not. Right. So, yeah. So after this, my, after this time is over, they have to decide if they're going to hire me full time. Um, and we work full time hours, meaning full time, like, yeah, they give you benefits and all that type of stuff, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so basically what I do is like we run all the all the social medias, um, the website, um, we cover games um, at home and in person. Um, we're always like traveling for all the marquee games, stuff like that, interviewing players. I'm also, which is not necessarily related to my job, it was just something that I, you know, 
eventually grew into was I'm actually on the G League show too. So this this year, the G League had a show for the first time, right? And I started working, when I first started in November, I was working behind the scenes on the show, right? And so, you know, I would do like, I would create all the videos for the show, um, gather all the information, stuff like that, right? And then, you know, it was one of the biggest blessings of my life. One of the um, hosts of the show called in sick, right? He couldn't make it, right? And so, you know, it was like the day before the show, they were like, dang it, you know, what are we going to do? And they were like, well, Jeff, do you want to be on it? And I was like, oh, all right. You know, like, I, I mean, I had never been on camera, no nothing, right? Just, you know, like a couple of podcasts here and there. And that's basically it. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And that that day we were interviewing Isaiah Thomas, who oh. he was a former NBA All-Star. You know, he's a, a, like an actual star, you right? Know, if, I, uh, if I recognize the name, I yeah, he is yeah, a star. Yeah. <laughs> so we were interviewing Isaiah Thomas for the show. I was like, dang, you know. So I had very little time to prepare, but it ended up going great, you know, because all this G League stuff, all the knowledge, I can just talk about it for days. You know, right. I don't have to rehearse or anything like that. You know, they can just ask me a question. I can just start spitting off the top of my head. So, um so like after that, they were like, well, you might as well just be on the show full time. I was like, oh, great. And so now I'm on the G League show every single week. Now, now it's the off season. So we don't have the show. But when the season starts again, we'll have it. But yeah, you know, basically we do all that. And then like um, all like the, the player interviews we do. Um, it's just everything that gets pushed out, like content wise, we're in yeah. charge of. Right. So everything that you see online or on on TV or on YouTube, whatever about the G League, we we help produce. Okay, so you personally, what does a typical day in the office look like for you then? Is it uh, basically coming up with content or making it happen or all of the above? Yeah, yeah, it's all the above. So it's like figuring out what you're going to produce, right? And then actually producing it. And then, you know, the thing is that from, from my own G League page, there's no checks and balances. Just whatever I think is good, I I post, you know? Yeah, but with yeah. this, it's a little different because, you know, the league has to, you know, not, not necessarily approve, but you do have to ask, like, your supervisor, like, okay, and we have to go over, like, a plan and stuff like that, you know? Um, so it's not just, like, coming off the top of your head. It's more just, like, you know, you're sitting down, figuring out what you're going to produce, getting it approved, right, and then actually producing it and putting it out. But um, for me, it's, like, for someone that was doing this for free for two years, you know, just in my room, it's like really cool getting paid for it because like <laughs> I said, I got nothing when I was doing my G League page. I just more did it, you know, for fun, right? Yeah, like yeah. I was doing all the same stuff I'm doing now, but no money involved, no nothing, you know, just wake up like, you know, make videos. And then before I go to bed, make more videos kind of thing. Right. So now it's like, you know, not come full circle, but it feels a lot better doing it as a job instead of as a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a background in like digital media or no? So that was the crazy part was that like just a couple years ago, I thought I was going to be a basketball coach, you know, just a, oh. a few years ago. Yeah. So like, you know, I coached high school basketball Um and we had a really good team too. Like, you know, the team that I, that I was on, I was not the head coach. I was the assistant coach, but uh, the team that I was on, we had, we produced um, 11 division one players. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, off, just off of one team, 11 of our like 14 guys went division one. Now, some of them ended up, you know, 
playing really well at Division One. Some of them ended up flunking out of school and sure. having to go to junior college. It was a, a little bit of a mixture, but um, we had some really, really good guys. And one time we were nationally ranked, so we were as high as four at one point, and then we ended up dipping down to like nine. Um, and so I was there, and then I, and then I worked as a when I was um, an undergrad at UMBC. I worked for the men's basketball team, and then. And then I was a graduate assistant for the women's basketball team at UMBC. And so, and then I, you know, I was telling you before the show, I coached my own TBT team and this is the same as Daniel. And I was a GM of my own team for two years. So like for a while I was like on this path that, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to try to be an assistant somewhere or be like a director of operations somewhere for a basketball team, you know, and then it was like really when COVID hit that I really started paying attention to social media when I made the page, you know, before that, I really didn't pay attention to it at all. So it was like, it was kind of unexpected, but I'm glad it worked out this way because, um, you know, I, to tell you the truth, Blair, my that is still like my dream. Um, I mean, I'm loving what I'm doing now and stuff like that, but my dream in a way is to get back into that other realm, sure. right? But in the G League still, like I, I just love the G League and what it represents. And, you know, here's the thing. It's like the people that work for the NBA make all the money, right? Mm. And that's staff, players, you know, trainers, whatever, right? But the the G League, in my opinion, represents like the common man, right? Now, these guys are great basketball players in themselves, you know, um, you know, a lot of them are like 6'10", right? So they're not necessarily the common man, right? <laughs> But, you know, in the G League, especially if you're a player, you're getting pennies compared to what they're getting in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like the, the grind is, is different. It's kind of like what I what I experienced when I was working at UMBC, where, you know, you're working with small Division One players, right, who are still really talented, but don't get any recognition on the mainstream level. Um, but my goal is to, like, one day get back into, like, the competitive side of basketball, right? Where Because that's what I love. Like, I love being on a team, right? And you come and practice every day and you compete for something, whether you win or lose. I've been on some really, really good teams that have won. I've been on some horrible teams that have lost and, you know, there's bickering and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's more about just, like, the process of being sure. part of a team, competing, hopefully winning a championship, you know? Yeah. And that, that's, like, to me, there's no better feeling than being a part of that. So, I mean, I love what I do now, but that is, like, my long-term goal is to be on the other side again. No, I feel you. I feel like um, our heartbeats are very similar. I'm all about that, like mobilizing people for a yeah, cause, yeah. things like that. I love that. Um, okay, so like you said you had just gotten into the media side of things like recently. So like was there a learning curve for you? I'm just so curious. Like for me, okay, like I'm telling you, even me pushing out content for the podcast is a struggle sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, why is this real taking me an hour to do? Like right. things like right. that. Like what about, like I feel like, you know, with your job now, you have to kind of always be making things. Um, yeah, what? how has that experience for you been? Oh, it was um, a definite learning curve especially when I first started making the page, because I first started making the page, I didn't realize that even, so what I when I first started it, I was um, making the videos, then I would put like a beat, you know, every athlete wants like a, a beat or a song to their, sure, yeah, to their yeah, yeah. highlight tape. And then eventually I was using like Drake and Lil Baby, all the main, you know, the big time rappers and stuff yeah. like that. And eventually Instagram took down all of my videos, <gasps> right? Because the songs were copywritten, you know what oh, I mean? No. So, so like, you know, there was like a learning curve on like what you can use, what you can't use, you know yeah. what I mean? And um, what works, what doesn't work. Like, you know, back when I first started the page, like I would, 
I would even feature the guys that would average like three points a game if they had, because a lot of them would message and be like, can you make me highlight reel? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And, you know, this guy averaged like three, four points a game. Now, <laughs> see, I've learned that now it's like there should be like a certain threshold in mm. what you, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that those guys don't deserve attention, but it's hard to really promote a guy that's averaging four points a game. You know right, what I mean? Right. Uh, but no, there was a ton of learning. Even when I got to the G League, you're, you're totally right. Like the way that you make a reel, right? Or make like a TikTok or just a video or even the way you interact with players, right? Uh. Like, because, um, you know, when you're, when you're around players and you're working for a team, you're like, you're, you're with them every day. You're like their buddy, right? Yeah, but then yeah. in this case, when you're interviewing a player for a video or something that goes on TV or whatever, um, you're doing so as like a professional, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so there was certainly a learning curve on both sides. But I would say, you know, it was a, a pretty a pretty quick adjustment. And, um, and then, you know, you can't actually make anything good without some trial and error too, you know? Sure, yeah, so That's yeah. one of those things where it's like, you almost have to like fail and figure out what works and what doesn't work in order to be successful at it. Yeah, man. Uh, I feel like I would be so nervous if I was you, but I know that you've been in the world of basketball for such a long time. I'm sure it, you just fit right in. So, <laughs> Well, actually, tell you the truth, Blair, like, I, I swear to you, it's a good thing that I had to wait a little bit to, mm. you know, to make it to the G League um, because I don't think that coming out of college, like directly, I would have been ready. You know what I mean? In the sense where, you know, I, I wasn't like mature enough to like be at to be at games, you know, because when we're at games, we're like right in the action. Right. We're right on yeah. the court. You know, when we're we're in the locker room and stuff like that. You know, when I was 20 years old, I don't think I would have been mature enough <laughs> to handle that situation. You know, I, I probably would have been like, you know, yeah, yeah I don't Star know. I, I probably would just been like, you know, um, trying to like crack jokes with the players or, you know, just, yeah, just something yeah. that probably wouldn't wouldn't fit at the time. So it's probably a good thing that I'm a little bit, you know, more mature now that I have the job, because back then I probably would have said something stupid or, you know, just not be able to handle the gravity of like being in the G League finals or being around NBA players, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen some of your social media stuff like you're in it, like you're right there. Like, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and that's that's the coolest part too is that like you know like I was saying you know when I first started in basketball when I was like 16 yeah working for the minor league team like I thought those guys were like kings you know what I mean and these mm-hmm. guys were nowhere near good enough to touch the NBA right but when you're 16 you just don't know any better right and you're you just feel blessed to be around any player right yeah, and so yeah. um so I you know I think to myself too like I'm guaranteed to be in the G League my contract ends late November, right? Yeah, so basically yeah. December, right? And so I was like, so if depending on what happens past December, you know, like I think I'm going to get extended again or, or signed um, full time. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. But, you know, there's always a chance that it doesn't happen because there's people that I've worked with and stuff that I thought they were going to get extended too, but didn't sure. happen for them. And now they're off in another job. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, for at least on my Instagram, like I need to take pictures of like every experience because mm. I might only be here till December, right? So, like, I might as well remember every cool thing or every place that they've sent me kind of thing. I love that. Yeah, that's true. Just, like, take it in for what it is right now. It's good. Um, Okay, well, I wanted to ask you, you know, you said you were um, into coaching and stuff like that, too. Like, how does one start coaching basketball? (laughs) Honestly, it's something that, um, oh, how do they start? For me, I'll tell you how I started. Okay. I started by literally cold calling the coach. His name is Rod Harrison at Mount Zion Prep. And he ended up, so 
I cold called him because I saw a listing online that they were looking for an assistant, right? Wow, and, you're so bold. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. <laughs> well, well the, the the good thing was that like I had nothing to lose. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I was just like, and then it said, you know, he's an old fashioned guy. So this guy, Rod Hare, he's, he's a great coach. And I learned so much from him, but he's not a guy that you're, you're going to send like your resume or your cover letter to, mm. right? He just wants a direct call. So sure. like, I remember on the listing, it said like, call this number. Right. And so I called the number. He and I had like a couple of, you know, long conversations about, about, um, you know, things I've done in the past, what I want to accomplish, you know, um, at the time I had really no experience actually coaching. Right. But I did know a lot about basketball and I'd studied a lot about it too. And it was, I'll tell you the first time, especially I knew nothing going in, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It was just a complete learning curve. Like that's why I say I learned so much from him because, um, just like how to deal with players, right. How to deal with talented players who might not be all there mentally, you know, Mm. um, you know, how to deal with players that are riding the bench that think they're, because every guy on the bench thinks that they're good enough to play. It's unfortunate, but I under, I understand <laughs> it completely where like the guy who's the 15th man on the bench gets no playing time, somehow thinks they're like a division one player, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you on any team you get that, even when I was working for UNBC, you always get the player that's literally averaging 0.2 points per game, but he thinks that if he started, he, he'd be uh, averaging 20, you know? So like dealing with all those, Um, to tell you the truth, what I realized about sports is like the, the athletes themselves. And I realized this, especially when I was working in women's sports, Okay. Um, because I worked in for two years as the woman's, uh, the UMBC grad That's assistant right. is like, is like the players really don't care how much you know about the sport. They just want to be treated right. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that psychosocial part of coaching is actually the most important part. You know what I mean? It's like, if you care for them, they don't care how much you know about basketball. You know what I mean? If you're just like a good person to them, you show that you're interested in them outside of just them producing for you on the court, right? Somehow things will all connect together, you know? And so that was the biggest thing because I really worked for some great coaches. Also for some bad coaches too. Like it's definitely been 50-50, but for the good coaches, I took a lot from them. And then from the bad coaches, I took a lot from them from like what not to do, especially, you know? And so it all came together. And so that's why like, you know, my heart is still somewhat in that, you yeah. know? Um, and so I don't think like, even, like I said, even though I'm really happy what I'm doing now, I do think that somewhere down the line, it could be like five years from now. It's not, not immediate, but there will be like some type of shift over to that area, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, well, um, I've had a little experience coaching myself and you're right. Like, it's like all about the trust that you gain from the person that you are teaching or helping to facilitate whatever sport it might be and so I mean I can't wait to see that next transition for you like when I grow up with Jeff Key part two yeah (laughs) right right that'll be part two hopefully hopefully it might it's not five years right maybe but you know tell you the truth like I'm just keeping everything open I'm really keeping everything open I don't really know what's going to happen like I said past December um you know I could stay you know I could get a job somewhere else in the G League you know but um, you know, everything is just wild. I could actually be working just a regular job past December, you know? Hopefully no, I doubt not. it, like, Jeff. Hopefully, I'm, I'm praying not, you know, I'm praying that's not the case. But there is like, there could be a chance where, like, I'm just applying to, like, you know, some regular government job, you know, past December. And <laughs> no, I, have to I, I don't believe bit. it. There's no way. There's no way. they could. I hope not. I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> um, okay, so um, going back to the G League, you call it, is it G League? 
show what is it sorry yeah the g it's the g league show uh-huh. sorry it's okay, called the g weekly show uh-huh. um so is that something like so what do you guys talk you talk about basketball obviously but like how do you prepare for that as a host of that show yeah so i'm actually like uh do you ever watch first take do you know that yeah show? <laughs> yeah so so there's so the, the lady gianna gianna is like molly right okay she moderates the conference and then it's myself and this other guy named dom um, and we kind of just, she like pitches out the topics uh-huh. and then she gives kind of like the lead into it. And uh-huh. then she'll be like, Jeff, what do you think? Right. Uh-huh. And then I'll be like, well, I think this, right. And then Dom will give his piece. And now we don't always disagree. In fact, we agree on a lot of things, you know uh-huh. what I mean? It's, it's not really meant for one person to take one side, one person to take another side. It's just like us coming from different perspectives in a little bit of a way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but, you know, tell you the truth, like I definitely prepare for it because like I have notes and stuff like that. But if I really had to just do it off the top of my head, I could do it, you know, yeah. because um, now I wouldn't know like specifics. Like if someone said like, oh, what's his player averaging? I'd be like, he's probably averaging like 25. Uh-huh. And that's probably true, but he might be averaging like 26.3. You know what okay, I mean? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I do have to prepare in that sense to know like all the little details, you know, the team records, like, you know, you, like, you know, the team is really, really good and that they're in first place but you know their overall record sometimes you know you have to just so you have to write those things down and make sure they're in your notes and then um and then you know especially when you interview somebody you gotta like come up with the questions right and then um, a lot of times the questions are actually based upon what they say not necessarily like what you had written and planned and so um but yeah that's probably been like the biggest the biggest thing well tell you the truth so being on the g league show it's it's great. And I'm, I love the opportunity. One thing that I'm always cautious about is like making sure that I'm because it is sponsored by the G League, right? It's yeah, the yeah, official yeah. G League show. So I got to make sure that I'm not like, you know, saying something that I would say with my friends. Right. right. That's always the hard part, because, you know, when I have these conversations with my buddies, you know, you can curse. You can yeah. just say you can. Oh, this player sucks or whatever. Right. But when you're doing it on the actual show, you have to make sure you're phrasing it in a way that's not like totally putting this guy down if he's right. struggling right. or things of that nature, right? So that was especially early on the struggle for me because I knew what I wanted to say, but in order to phrase it the right way, that took a little bit of thought. Mm, interesting, interesting. Like sen- a little bit censoring yourself, I guess. A little bit, yeah. And, yeah. you know, not completely. Like, you know, I'm not just like a loose cannon where I'm going to be, be dropping like F-bombs course, or whatever. But, you know, it's more of this thing that's like, you just got to make sure that the message, you're portraying it in the way that, rese- you know, represents the G League well, right? And that also... It's it's eloquent that you're saying in a way that's digestible, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, you know, being um, working for the G League and as much as you love basketball and all these things, like for you, what has been the most like exciting? I mean, I feel like you've already touched on a few things, but like the most exciting thing for you or like the biggest perk you feel like you've gained from working for G League? I don't know. I mean, as a basketball fan, I feel like for me, like or any person listening, this would be a dream job, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say like is number one, you know, being in all the games, not just being there, but like being in the locker rooms, yeah, being in the interview rooms, being um, you know, with the players before games and stuff like that. Because when we when we go to games and events of that, we have all the access in the world, you know. Um, to just do whatever, not whatever we want, but like, you know, we we just show our badge and they just say, Oh yeah, you can go in here, you can, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'll never get tired of. Yeah. Because like I said, it's like, you know, every person, every person who loves basketball, you know, 
wants to like meet players. I want to talk to players, you know what I mean? And I could, I could do this for probably like 20 years and I'd still get goosebumps going into the arenas and stuff like that. Right. Um, but tell you the truth. One thing that all my friends think that's a total lie is that when we worked, when I worked for the UMBC team, you get, we were sponsored by Under Armour. Right. So we got all this gear, all this shoes, you know, like just every week we get new, you know, new sweaters, stuff like that. And whatever, you know, the players got, we got too, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so for whatever reason, people always like, you need to give me like a G League um sweater or a jacket. I'm like, I would give you one if I if they gave me one. Well, you know, like we don't get free, like you know, you do not get free clothes. Like, you know, you got you get a few things, right? You get a few things, like you know, you get a couple sweaters or whatever, right? But for whatever reason, people are thinking like especially all my friends who are back home, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're like, yo, can you give me sweaters? You give me uh, like t-shirts or whatever. I'm like, yeah, they just don't hand out clothes yeah. the way that you would think. Cause they, everyone thinks you just work for the, you just work for the league or whatever. They're just like, and there's like an open basket full of gear. You know That's what I mean? Swag. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, okay. So what have you um, experienced any like, I don't know, like self-realizations or obstacles as you've been working this job or like, um, is there something that's been difficult for you during during this time? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is like, um, oh, not necessarily like difficult, but you know, when you're working um, for the, you know, it's what's well, the G League, but it's like under the umbrella of the NBA, right? Okay, so everything yeah. has, so, so there's just so many like, checks and balances that you have uh, to go through in order to do something right so like, like red I was tape you, before, you mean like that yeah 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 okay. and like i was telling you before with like my my own g league page like there's no there's no one i gotta like ask to do so i just if i think it's cool i'll just post it right if right, it's like right. a cool storyline i'll just post it you know and there's no there's no one to ask but in this case like you know if you wanted to do something or you wanted to and it's not all the time but if you wanted to um you know, maybe like do something different. You just have to make sure that you're getting all the permission, you know, you're getting permission from the people that make those decisions, right. Or that are a little bit higher than, than what I am right now. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, you, unfortunately you can't run wild with it. You know what I mean? Like I do have, a, I do have multiple bosses that I have to check into and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, that's probably just one of the things of any job, you know, right. Um, right. Yeah, is yeah. that like, you don't get total creative freedom. You do get, you do get uh, a good amount, but you don't get the total freedom to just like do whatever your heart desires. You know, you do have to just make sure that you're asking the right people because if something would have come back where they didn't like, you have to make sure that, Oh, I did get it approved by this person or that person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right. I think that's with any job really like you have to get approval and things like that. But I guess, um, it would be easy to assume that with this job, there would be less for some reason. Cause like, you know, it's like social media, you're doing basketball, but, um, yeah, that makes sense. I have a question is it might be a little bit personal, Jeff, but, um, or I don't know, but uh, in my head, right? Like, um, sorry, can I ask you how old you are? Yeah, I'm 29. Okay. Oh, yeah. you're the same age as my husband. Okay. Oh, really? How yeah. old are you? Uh, I'm 34. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so we're four yeah. years apart. He turns, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Do you turn 30 this year? I do, yeah. So the thing is that I, I did get, so I didn't talk about this before, but I did get off to a little bit of a late start because I was in college and I left college for a couple of years. And that's when I started coaching high school basketball, right? Uh-huh, and then I uh-huh. came back to college. Um, 
and finished up. So like I did take a That's little not bit. That's a late up. start. No, no Jeff. Not, not a late start. Not a late start. <laughs> but I was I was twenty. I was twenty. Um, like twenty. I was twenty six when I graduated college. Okay, I mean, so like it wasn't too old, but it wasn't no. the twenty one or twenty two like most people are. No, but I mean, it's it's uh, actually a good place to be. I feel like, especially if I could do it again, I would take a year of college and then take a break and then go back because it's like you don't even really know what you're learning until you know that you what you need. Do you know what I'm t- saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Like, but that's how it was for me, you know. And and I didn't go back to college until. I so I was you you know the assistant at Mount Zion Prep, uh-huh. and then I actually got a college offer to work for a, a basketball program, but I couldn't take it because I didn't have a college degree. But so I was like, oh, well, I was like, wow. So now I've got to go back to college, and so I had about a year and a half left, and I finished the year and a half. Good for you. That's amazing. That's amazing. yeah. But I, but if it wasn't for that instance, I don't know if I would have gone back. So that was a blessing in disguise too. Yeah, just me getting that offer, then having to you know, say no to it because I didn't graduate at the time. That's really interesting. Um, are are a lot of coaching positions like that? Do you know? Yeah, for college, you have to have a college degree. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to if you want to um, be a part of an NCAA staff, you have to have your four-year degree. Well, that's good to know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so all of them are educated to some degree. But I, I don't know if all of them like have... See, but the thing is that they might be educated, but a lot of coaches are hotheads, right? They don't, they don't have sure. like good interpersonal skills, right? So like there's a lot of that goes into it. But, you know, just based on the actual, you know, on paper, they do want they, you to have a four-year degree. They do uh-huh. have a degree. Interesting. Okay, good to know. But okay, what I was going to ask was um, like your parents, like... I don't know, like, uh, the reason I asked your age, because it's just a generational, like, kind of things, but, like, were your parents very supportive of your decision to be a basketball coach and go in this direction? Uh, No, 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 they weren't, but it's, um, it's totally understandable because, you know, like, you know, my parents are both, they just entered the early 60s, you know, Uh uh and they're certainly, like, and they both have had the same job for like 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. my dad's worked for the government. My mom's worked for um, this like science company. So they had the same job. They, you know, that that's all they've known. That's all I've known basically my whole life is them working those jobs. And so, um, you know, no one in my family and that's extended family too, like cousins, uncles, aunts has ever taken a less traditional path. Right. Especially mm-hmm. one that deals with sports, you know, Interesting. And, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, especially if you're part of the older generation, you look at, you know, you look at your son and he's, all he does is watch basketball. All he does is read basketball books. All he does, you know what I mean? It's like, he's, he's always going to basketball practice, like, you know, not, not playing, but uh, with the team and stuff like that. And you're thinking like, he's got to grow up one day. You know what I mean? Like this was his childhood hobby when he was in high school. It was okay because he was like 16 years old, but now that he's like in his mid twenties or whatever, maybe it's time for him to like, be an adult you know what I mean so Mm. I had a lot of those conversations but to tell you the truth if I had a kid that was on a similar path like that like that um you know it's easy for me to say I'd be 100% supportive right (laughs) but I don't know if I'm not in that position you know what I mean especially if I'm you know part of a generation that didn't necessarily believe in like chasing dreams right yeah yeah and so I was I'll say this Blair I'm thankful to the Lord that it worked out the when it did Mm. because even when I took the two and a half month job, like my parents are like, it's two and a half months. Like right. you're going to be back on your butt, you know, like come December. Right. And I was like, there, that could be the, that could be the, um, the reality of it. But 
at the end of the day, like if I work for the NBA for two and a half months, I can still say I work for the NBA, right? Yeah, yeah. Even if it was such for a short period of time. And so yeah. like, I'm glad it worked out when it did because there was a point where I was definitely like thinking to myself, maybe I should just get a regular job because when you work in college basketball, you don't make that much money, you know? Mm. And then when you're work, when you're coaching high school basketball, you definitely don't make any money, you know? And you have to have a, another job on top of that. So I was like, dang, you know, I'm losing out on a lot of like, at least monetarily, a lot of opportunities there, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it is time to like switch to something else, but mm. you know, in God's timing, it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. For now, at least for now. <laughs> no. And for sure. I feel like, um, definitely some risks were taken on your part for the dream. And so for me, I'm inspired Jeff, honestly, cause I feel like, um, I mean, I guess in in your situation too, like you can take those risks. Like for right now, as a mom, you know, I have right. to like right. think about certain other other people that I have to make sure survive. But but at the same time, like even myself right now, I'm like, yeah, like if I have the opportunity, like to take a risk and doing something I love, I'm inspired by your story for sure. I, I appreciate that so much, Blair. And you know. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's I have till November, you know, but I'm appreciative every day that I get to continue working in the G League. And I always tell myself, like, if it doesn't work out past November, like, I'm not going to give it up. You know, what I mean, I'll still continue, like, looking for other opportunities in basketball. And that might just be, you know, like if there was no if there was no opportunities in basketball, I would go back to coaching high school again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, kind of thing. So I would never like give it up, but I would never give it up completely either. Like, let's say that I did have to get a regular job one day, right? You know, I would I would still like make sure I'm doing something on the side as a release, you know, just to to kind of like feed into that habit that I have of just being around the game and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been really cool. And um to tell you the truth, like I I take a, a little bit of pride of being like the first in my family. Cause when I made it to the G league, um, you know, all my family loves basketball, right. They, they mm-hmm. love basketball, but they never pursued basketball as a career. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, even though it was for two and a half months, all my cousins and stuff like that thought it was so cool. Even for two and a half months, they were like, Oh man, for two and a half months, you get to be in the NBA. I was like, yeah, for two and a half months. I was like, but I might, you know, and then I moved to New Jersey. Then I was like, everyone, they like threw me like a goodbye party. I was like, I literally could be back in two months. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like this, this doesn't need a goodbye party. Right. Aww. But like for the first person, I was the first person in the family to like move out the area. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, I don't know for whatever it's worth. That's like a cool thing too. No, it's worth a lot. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like two and a half months is an opportunity that many, many of us would never get. So right, right. I think it's really neat. And like, um, <clears throat> so, and, and, and I also want to say, Jeff, like, I highly doubt that even if you do get released, right, from from this position, there's no way. There's nothing that I feel like there's nothing that can keep you far from basketball. So I hope so. I appreciate <laughs> that. I hope so. And you know, actually, on uh, me and Daniel's episode, we talked about this, like how how sometimes you just gotta work in order to fund the passion. You know, like to yeah. finance the passion. For sure. And that's sure. just real life. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, we're kind of rounding out our time together. And I always ask people, like, do you have any advice for somebody that, <clears throat> I guess the question, because like for me, it's like you don't have a typical job, right? It's like you do digital media for a, 
for sports. Um, so I guess that would be the question. Do you have uh, any suggestions for somebody that's like, hey, like, I love sports. I want to work in something that I love. What should I do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I would say for from two different angles, like if you want to be involved with the team, you know, they should just, especially if they're like high school, college, even after they should go work for their local minor league team. Right. Mm. And that's because that's what I did. And like I said, you're not going to do anything spectacular. Right. You're going to do all the little things in between that help that team function. But also the team can't function without your con- contributions. Right. So, you know, when I was, um, you know, a teenager, I was like filling up the water bottles. Yeah. I was sweeping the floors. Uh, I was during the game. I was like, tracking the stats like on the computer um you know after the game you know you help like clean up and stuff you know what i mean you're doing all these like little intern type of jobs and stuff sure. like that but if you think about it you know if no one wipes up the floors you know the the player could slip on the floor on a wet spot or whatever and then tear their acl right yes um if they go to the bench and the water's not not in the bottle like someone's going thirsty you know what i'm mm. saying and so i always told myself that, uh, you know, it's not glamorous work, but at the same time, it's work that needs to be done in order for this team to actually survive, right? So, like, get involved with the minor league team because every single minor league team wants help. They want, and it's free help, unfortunately, you know, it is free help, but they do want help and they do want people to be involved. And so if you take that seriously, you can learn a ton from it, you know? Mm. Um, And then if you're in college, the biggest thing is to, like, be a student manager, um, as an undergrad. So that, that's what I was uh, at UMBC. And so, you know, you do the same exact things where you do all the dirty work, right? Um, you even like do the team laundry, you know what I mean? Like you help, but you help with travel and you learn a lot about the day-to-day operations of a team, like how a team functions, how how coaches operate. Um, you know, you're with the team the entire time. You get all the gear and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're in college, be a part of that team, right? And yeah. then if you want to get it from like a, a digital media side or a social media side, is like the thing I always say is like just start the Instagram page, yeah. right, or the Twitter page. It, it just it's just like taking that leap of faith and being like I'm not going to be embarrassed in the beginning when it only gets ten likes, right? Because when my uh, you know the, actually Blair, so the thing is that today I, did I mention that beginning today we hit the page hit a hundred thousand followers. <gasps> Congratulations. So so it actually is, you know, great timing that we're doing this interview because literally today I woke up this morning and I was at ninety nine point eight thousand followers. Right. And so I was like, wow. And so about two o'clock, three o'clock, it got two hundred more. And then we hit one hundred thousand. Now, you know, for me, I was like and then when I when I saw the hundred thousand number, I was like, wow, like one hundred thousand because it took me over a month to get a thousand, you know what I mean? And I remember early on, like, you know, when you have the page, it's a little, you know, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like, dang, you know, this page only has 500, 300 followers, only gets like 30 likes, you know, per post, whatever. You're thinking to yourself, like, uh, there's no future in it. You know what I mean? Like, and I, in the beginning, definitely thought that because it wasn't picking up, but then Mm. eventually over time, it got bigger and more people started sharing and following whatever. But, you know, the biggest thing is just to start it, you know what I mean? And um, because, this is one story and I'll only take a second is that I have a friend that works for the Atlanta Hawks. Right. And um, he actually, he works in salary cap management. Right. So he works in the front office for the Hawks. And uh, he, when he graduated college started a blog where he would like lay out every team's salary cap, how much money they had, like trades they could make 
um, you know, budget budgetary stuff. And he would do it on like a WordPress, right? Okay. And he probably had like, not even kidding, 30, 40 followers on this site. But eventually he was able to meet people in the NBA and eventually he got an interview with the Hawks. And he literally was like, if you want to know what I know about salary cap management, look at my website, right? And uh, the website that got no views, you know, no traction, whatever, the Hawks saw that website. He had all of his stuff on there, all of his thoughts, all of like his sheets and stuff like that. And he ended up working for the Hawks and he's been working for the Hawks for like six years, you know? That's crazy. And so, yeah, so I was like, dang, it really only takes like a couple people to see your stuff, right? And as long as it's good, you know, there's an opportunity waiting for you. I don't think it really matters like, the like count, the follower count, you know, that all that stuff is cool too. But it's more about like, if you're producing good stuff, even if no one's like really consuming it, like if it fits our, what we need, they'll take a chance on you. Yeah. Kind of thing, right. Yeah. So um, I always just say like, just start it. And then, and then if you can get up one post a day, right. Uh, one like meaningful post a day, like that'll go a long way Yeah. before you know it. Like, uh, like, because the way social media works, it's like everybody, everybody is just so concerned with like clout, you know what I mean? But sure, yeah. I, I actually would like to have, you know, I have a hundred thousand now. And then one day, you know, if it gets to 200,000, but the most important thing is that the people who are following are consuming it, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily the number of people, not, not necessarily like the number going up. I would like to see like, it has to be like an equal balance of the number going up, but also the people who are on the page are actually watching the videos, viewing the, you know, the um, captions, stuff like that. So yeah. it's hard to explain, but yeah, basically no, just like interacting the with the platform itself. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's the most yeah. important part to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're right. And I think even for myself, like just starting something is like just my personality is I, in the way I was raised, it's like someone needs to give me permission. So I thank you for even giving people listening the permission to just, just start. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing, too, is I, it, once you start it, because I tell you, Blair, I had been thinking about starting the G League page for a while, right? And I'm then sure, I just, yeah. I just didn't do it. I was just like, eh, you know, I don't know if it'll take off. Like, no one cares about the G League, right? Like, eventually, especially, you know, it was kind of, I know, you know, COVID was not a blessing for any in any way, but mm. if there was something that I had to take good out of it was that I had a lot of free time to do those videos. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, same goes for me, honestly. Like, um, COVID was tough, but it, for me, too, the podcast was an outlet for myself. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's really been wonderful. So, like, and you, and honestly, I was lazy, right? I just, and I just, oh, okay, like, I have time. I'm sure people have time. I'm sure they want to talk. Let's just do it. And so, you're right. You just got to start it. And don't be scared. And who cares what people think? You just got to do it. Um, that's there's, awesome. There's certainly like a lot of pride that you take in having your own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Regardless of whether yeah. it's, you know, a hundred people or a thousand people or whatever. Just like having your own thing, being like, I started it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and my name is on it. And without yeah. me, it can't exist kind of thing. Right? So like, you know, that I, I do take pride in that. I can see like you know, a lot of people being scared of that. But once you do start it, it, it definitely feels good. You know, it feels like, you know, it's like, even if, like I said, not, not many people are on it and it's slow, whatever, it's just, who cares? Like, it's just something for you to get your release, something for you to have fun with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll even say the number intimidated me because I was like, 
Jeff is not going to come on my podcast. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I would 100% come on the and- podcast because, uh, number one, I love to, to just, like, talk about the G League in general, yeah. you know? And then and also, I'll tell you this, Blair. I do not have that big of, like, uh, an Asian, um, other than my family, like, that many people I interact with in terms of, like, friends and stuff that sure. are Asian, right? So, like, I, 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 as I've gotten a little older, you know, about 29 or whatever, right? I've gotten a little older. I have felt the need to be, like, I want to be more in touch with like sure. people from my own community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I definitely think you did that today. Um, would you be in, like okay? So my husband always says I trap people when I ask this question, but like <laughs> if someone had more questions about just your job or even how to get started on things that you talked about, would you be okay them contacting you? Oh, a hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you can give them my you know Instagram or I okay. can shoot you my number or whatever. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yeah, and guys, Jeff is super approachable and he's so awesome. I like just message him at a hundred thousand followers, and I'm like, oh my god, he's never gonna talk to me. But he like <laughs> talks to you back, and he's so great. He's so awesome. I'm sure if you've listened to this interview, you can see how how personable he is. Um, okay, before before I close out, I have to ask. Um, like I've been following who uh, Hyunjung Lee a little yeah, bit. I was just with him. You were? Why? Yeah, look at my Instagram. Look at my Instagram. I was with him about a month ago in Chicago. Uh-huh. And it was for because um he just he just uh entered the NBA draft. And so he oh, was he at did. The, yeah, yeah. And so he um he entered the NBA draft and so he got invited to the G League Combine, right? Which is the NBA Combine, but the G League version of it. You know what I mean? Because, I see. So he was there, and then there, there's a picture of him and I on my Instagram, it's like a couple couple posts down. You'll, okay, you'll see. Okay, I'm it. gonna see. So like, he's a big deal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a huge deal, huge deal. Um, he's more of a a big deal because you know he's he played at Davidson and right. then he broke a lot of Steph Curry's records and he um lashed not this past season but the season before he he shot. It's hard to explain, but he shot 50, 40, 90. He shot 50 percent from the field. 40% from three and 90% from the line, which is a very hard feat to accomplish as a shooter. In fact, he's only the 11th player in NCAA history to ever do that. Even Steph Curry himself didn't do that. And so, what? you know, on top of the fact that he's Asian, you know what I mean? There's just so yeah. many eyes that are drawn to him. But yeah. I was able to talk to him at uh, when we were at the elite camp in Chicago. And he, uh-huh. he's a great guy and um, very, like, playful. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh, very... Uh-huh playful he's probably like 20 years old you know what i mean yeah, so he's that, probably that makes young. Sense. so, so he, yeah he's he's a young guy so he's like very um you know i wasn't sure how, how what his personality would be like because you know when you see them in interviews they're so stale a lot of right players. right and so they don't want to um, mess up i guess yeah yeah and so you don't know who's watching stuff, but you mean you talk to him just like one-on-one kind of thing you know he's just like a lot he's just more like a kid you know what i mean you can just not there's no camera on him whatever he just acts like uh, a normal like kind of goofy guy Oh man! Uh-huh. I, well, I'm excited to see his career and stuff. That's yeah. really exciting. Blair, he will 1,000 percent be in the G League next year. 1,000 oh, percent because That's exciting. Unfortunately, and I, I'm rooting for anybody Asian, right? I'm like you know Korean, Japanese, whatever Chinese. Um, unfortunately, he will most likely not be drafted, right? And so he won't be drafted. He'll end up going to NBA Summer League. Okay. And then he'll be assigned to or signed with the G League team. So, like, you're saying that because he's not good enough? I'm saying it because because he's very good. Um, but 
there's only 60 players drafted, right? you know, and there's hundreds of seniors, unfortunately, <gasps> you know, and, and that doesn't even include international players, you know, that are entering the draft too. So like he will from, you know, I'm 99.999% sure he will not be one of those 60 picks. And I guess I'll usually, have to start watching G League from now yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But next year, no, next year he's going to be so because last year I'll say this: last year Jeremy Lin played in the G League, and right, um, and he like he he didn't get through, right? Yeah, he didn't get back to the NBA, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah so, and that was a bummer for me because he was playing really well, and you know, and I know the the whole Asian community was rooting for him, but yeah, yeah. So, but he will 100% be in the G League next year. Will he get called up to the NBA? You know, a lot of people play in the G League for a few years, then they get uh-huh. called up to the NBA. So I wouldn't bank on next season, but maybe like a couple years down the line, he'll get a shot. Oh, yeah? That that I'm, long? I'm I, yeah, I think a couple years. I think a couple years down. I know that it feels like forever to wait. You know, that you I'm have to sure for him, for day. him to, you know, like, okay, so like these players, like, okay, sorry, this is, I'm sorry. Do you have to go? No, no, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> um, These players, like, do they get paid? Oh, in, in the G League? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, they definitely get paid. They definitely get paid. Okay. So, so and, like, and it's not nearly as low of a contract as people make it. They they think that these guys are on welfare. You know, the, the way that people and fans view the G league, right. They look at the, so, so most of the, so the standard G league contract is 37,500, right. But that's only for five months of work, right. So for five months of work to make almost, you know, $38,000, that's not that bad. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, For five months. Yeah. Five months. Yeah. Yeah. Cause these guys will go overseas for the rest of the year and they'll make, you know, that they'll make another, Forty thousand dollars, right? I see. And then, okay. uh-huh. and then, then there's a, a different group of players. They're called um, Exhibit Ten players that play in the G League, and they get around like ninety thousand dollars a year. Oh wow! And then, yeah, then there's like the two way players that get like well into the six figures. So you know, you, when you watch a G League game, most of these guys are getting paid like close to six figures, if not a little bit over. I see. Okay, mm-hmm. so like they are able to live. <laughs> They're able to live very comfortable. And I'll say this, but there's there's some I follow all the G League guys on Instagram and stuff. There's some G League guys that have like iced out Rolex watches. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you like you know, you made ninety thousand this year. That's a good money. That's no ninety thousand is good money. But ninety thousand the Rolex watch itself without the diamonds is like right. 20,000 and with the diamonds got to be like 45, 50. I don't even know what the price is, but, and then on top of that, you have a Mercedes, like, I don't know what that is. Like another 40,000, 50,000, 60,000. Right. So I was like, and what, how are you paying for this? That's what Credit. I was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's cr- 90,000 a year is not enough to buy a, a Rolex. That's all iced out. Yeah. That's all iced out. a regular one, maybe, but there's, I tell you, there are a couple that I'm like, and how are you affording this? Because you know, you know, Blair, you cannot just have an ice style Rolex and just have that. You have to have the ice style necklace too, right? To go right? with like, it, yeah. And then you have to have a nice pair of earrings, right? So like, it's not just you have one accessory. You have like minimum three. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, well, okay, that's good to know because I was like worried for for my Korean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be okay though. He's okay, gonna be okay. okay. I see, man. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And and I'll say this, he will be, I'm almost certain that he will be on one of the players that they're called exhibit ten players that makes ninety thousand a year. So So these exhibit year, ten players, they're just better? 
Yeah, so basically <laughs> the exhibit 10 players, it's hard to explain, but they're, they're um, player rights uh-huh. belong to an NBA team. I right? see. So okay, like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. so... Okay. So if so, for example, you know, if Lee plays for the Skyhawks, who are the the College Park Skyhawks, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. His college, like his player rights, would be owned by the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. Okay, yeah, and so that it. that's when that's why they give him like an extra fifty thousand. That makes sense. Uh-huh. That makes sense. All right, man. I appreciate the education today. I learned <laughs> so much, and I'm like really excited because now I feel like I'm going to look at G League in a different perspective, and um, I'm probably going to pay more, pay more attention too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to a Skyhawks game because uh, at the very least, you know, I'm pretty sure two chain like two chains takes pictures of everybody. That's why I want to go to one of the Skyhawk games and actually in College Park. Well, you got to so- let me know when you're here. Yeah, that's that. Like they, the the where we travel and stuff like that depends on like when the where the marquee games are being played I and see, I see. you know what I mean stuff like that. So if there's a chance that I'm in College Park next year, we'll go to a game together and we'll get a picture with uh with two chains. Yes, that would be awesome. My my son would love it too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> You know, and two chains is like six seven too, which I actually just he is? found out. Yeah, he's like six seven. <laughs> so we'll be we'll look like little shrimp next to him. I can't wait. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much again for your time. I'll let you go. I know you got a game to watch. I really appreciate you. Thank you for your transparency today. Oh, I, Blair, I appreciate it. Thanks for talking. No, um, well, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to reach out. Jeff is happy to talk to you. I'll connect you if you want. You can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com or you can DM me through social media. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye.